Welcome to the Lunch Break Hymn Scene, a podcast dedicated to the rediscovery of hymns, both ancient and modern, as well as the authors who penned them. I'm your host, Frank Aiken. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, and don't forget to leave that five-star review and a comment. Join in on the conversation in the break room and come socialize with us on Instagram at the Lunch Break Hymn Scene. You can support us financially through buymeacoffee.com. All of those links are in the show notes. Now, let's grab our lunch boxes and our hymnals and dig in to today's episode. Well, if you follow me on Instagram, and you should, you probably noticed that last week I posted that There would be an episode on Wednesday of last week, and I didn't post one. My apologies for that, folks. Got a little bit carried away with work and life, and it just got away from me. But today, we are going to be finishing our series on the Psalms of Ascent, our Pilgrim Psalms. And we are going to conclude it with Psalm 134. In a sermon by my pastor, Matt Carr, from Back Creek Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy this sermon. We hope that you've enjoyed this series. And if you've missed anything, you can always go back to the very beginning, because that's a very good place to start, and listen to this series again. As always, thank you for joining us on your lunch break each and every week. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Uh, Psalm 134, and this is the last of the Songs of Ascent and the final message in this Pilgrim Songs series. And I hope that it has been as much a a blessing and a challenge to you uh, as it has been to me. Next week, we're going to turn to the New Testament and begin a, a new preaching series on the book of Hebrews. We started this study of the Songs of Ascent with the illustration, the picture of a road trip. And wanting to have the perfect playlist for the road trip is an essential part of going on a road trip. And these 15 psalms formed the perfect playlist for the people of God as they made their way to, from their homes in various places to Jerusalem to feast and to celebrate and to worship the Lord three times a year in Jerusalem. This Psalm 134 is the closing song of the playlist. And in it, two groups are singing to one another. Uh, Whether it is they are arriving uh, at the temple for the first worship service of their time there, or perhaps they're departing from their last worship service at the temple, the pilgrims are singing to the temple night shift. And they're singing to uh, the 24 uh, Levites and the three priests who, uh, who keep the fires of devotion burning to the Lord overnight. And they begin by uh, calling them to worship the Lord continually in their absence. And then the servants of the Lord, the, the Levites and the priests and the captain of the guard, sing back to the people a benediction. This is the perfect psalm to end the playlist with because it reminds everyone what the whole pilgrimage has been about. So look with me at Psalm 134, and if you're able, please stand in honor of God's word.
Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let's thank the Lord for his word. Oh, Lord, our God, you have inspired and preserved this word for your people. And now you have brought us as this local congregation to it today. So we expect that you have something to say to us through this word that you gave so long ago to your people to sing on their way to worship. Lord, I pray that you would help us. Holy Spirit, help us to receive uh, what your word says today, that we might believe it, that we might love it, that we might apply it to our lives and be changed by it. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus and for his glory alone. Amen. You may be seated. Have you ever been on a trip where there were challenges? Uh, you were excited about your destination, but maybe uh, after you left, you realized that you left something important at home. Or maybe the, the traffic was really horrendous, or your plane got delayed, or somebody got sick, or you got lost. A trip where just getting where you wanted to go made you question why you were going there in the first place. Anybody? But then, when you arrived, maybe it was the smell of the ocean. Or maybe it was the sight of a mountain vista. Or maybe it was the sounds of the city. Or maybe it was the creature comforts of your room. But you were immediately reminded, oh yeah, that's the reason. That's the reason I came. And suddenly, all of the trouble seemed worth it. You been there? This psalm reminds the Israelites as they are singing it of the reason for their pilgrimage. Why do they travel to Jerusalem three times a year? The trip for many of them wasn't easy. As we've seen in these Psalms, there were challenges and opposition and frustrations and sorrows and suffering. But the reason makes it all worth it. What was the reason for this journey to Jerusalem? was worship. And here's the message of this psalm to the original audience and to us. The reason for worship is to bless the Lord. The reason for worship is to bless the Lord. The result of worship is that we are blessed. The reason for worship is to bless the Lord. The result of worship is that we, his people, are blessed. Whether they're arriving in the evening and saying, let's get this party started, or they're departing after their final time of worship in the temple and calling the priests and the Levites to continue the worship that they have enjoyed between now and their next pilgrimage, their reason for worship, their reason for their journey is to bless the Lord. And we need to talk about what it means to, to bless the Lord, because when the Lord blesses us, he gives something to us, right? When the Lord blesses us, he, he strengthens us. He helps us. He provides for us. He, he changes us. He somehow leaves us better off than we were before we received the blessing. But God doesn't need anything from us. He is totally self-sufficient. 
He is unchanging. He is all-powerful. He needs nothing. He is the eternally blessed God. We cannot add anything to the Lord by our worship or our works. So it means something different to bless the Lord than it does for the Lord to bless us. What does it mean to bless the Lord? Biblically speaking, it means to declare the Lord's blessedness. To recognize and delight in, to celebrate and honor, to give thanks to the one who is blessed and the source of all blessings. The Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 21, uh, section 1, and chapter 21 deals with worship. But this is what section 1 says. The light of nature shows that there is a God who has lordship and sovereignty over all. He is good and does good unto all and is therefore to be feared, loved, praised, called upon, trusted in, and served with all the soul and all the might. The reason for worship is to bless the Lord in this way. And that's why the Jews made pilgrimage to Jerusalem to do so, to go to the place of God's presence with his people and to bless the Lord through the worship that he commanded and invited. That was the reason for all of this. I'd ask you, What's your reason for being here today? The reason for worship is to bless the Lord. What's your reason for being here today? As sinful people, it is so easy to make everything about us. We come (laughs) to the worship of the Lord to get what we need. We come because it's our habit or our routine. It's what makes us comfortable. We come to see people and to feel connected. We come to get our dose of spirituality or to sincerely learn and grow. But our motive many times is about me and not about the Lord. And you can bet that that was going on with some of these pilgrims starting 2,500 years or so ago, just as it's going on with some of us this morning. And that's why this psalm and our worship every Sunday begins with a call to worship. We start with a call to worship like this psalm does. This psalm says, come, bless the Lord. And we start with a call to worship because we want to be reminded that the reason for worship is to bless the Lord, that worship is about the Lord and not about us. Amen? It's a reminder of what it is all about. The the beautiful irony of all of this is that if our reason for worship is to bless the Lord, then the result of worship is that we are blessed. If our reason for worship is to bless the Lord, then the result is that we are blessed. If we aren't here for the Lord, then it's unlikely for us to have an encounter with Him. Now listen, the Lord is not limited by your or my limitations, right? So I may not come here with the right motivation. I may be coming here thoroughly self-centered, and yet the Lord can break into that, and he can change my life in and through a worship service. However, if we're not coming with the purpose of blessing the Lord to his worship, it's pretty unlikely that we are going to have that kind of encounter with him. But if we gather to bless the Lord, 
If we gather to worship him in spirit and in truth, he meets us with extraordinary blessing. I don't think that we often think of it as extraordinary, but but I want you to consider for a second the blessings that we receive when we come into worship. The very praise for which we were created, the very thing that God created us to do, we are able to give right expression to in worship, and the Lord receives it and delights in it. He receives our praise. He hears our prayers. The Lord speaks to us through his word. We hear from God. Week after week after week through his word, read and preached, he speaks to us. He feeds us by his sacraments. He encourages us by his people. So the Lord intends in worship to bless his people. And he knows that the blessing of blessings to his people is to worship him. To bless the Lord. And even to that, he adds his blessings. Which is why every week when we leave, when we close our worship service, we do so with a benediction. There's this, in verse 2 it says, lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. And then you get this benediction, may the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Does that sound familiar? Every week at the close of our worship service, what do I ask you to do? To lift up your heads. And as, as an illustration of lifting up your heads and your hearts to the Lord, to physically lift up your hands to the Lord. I love uh, this quote from one of the commentators. It says that uh, raising the hands is an intimation of expectation of the Lord's blessing. When we do this, it is a physical reminder that it is the Lord's intent to meet with and bless his people in his worship and to send us into the world with his blessing. These are reminders in our worship. As Psalm 134 was a reminder to the Jewish saints that the reason for worship is to bless the Lord and that often the result of worship is that we are blessed. Now I want us to to back up and take a, a wider view and see that This principle doesn't only apply to our times of formal worship. It wasn't just the the formal worship that happened at the temple that was uh, the, the reason of blessing, that was motivated by the reason of blessing the Lord here. The entirety of the pilgrimage's reason was to bless the Lord. And these pilgrimages to Jerusalem were to the people who made them and to us an illustration an illustration of the whole of their lives because the, the pilgrimage was taking, starting in a particular place where you were far from the city of God's presence with his people, where you were far from uh, the Lord and being brought on a journey to the Lord and to his worship as symbolized by the temple. And this is an illustration of the whole of our lives. We are pilgrims in this world. We are sojourners. We are strangers and aliens. We are making a journey through this life and through this world to the Lord. And so this isn't just about our formal times of worship. It's also about the whole of our lives. We are making pilgrimage to the holy city, to the heavenly city, to the new Jerusalem, to the very presence of God. Of our God. 
I grew up uh, with a, a dad who was a pastor, which makes me compassionate to my children. But uh, one of the things that that meant was that the soundtrack of our home was basically hymns and Johnny Cash, but also hymns. And, and, and my father, though, you know, he, he's pretty open about not being the best singer in the world, loved to sing hymns at the top of his voice. I carry on that tradition proudly. But one of his favorite hymns that he would sing in our house at the top of his voice and try to get the rest of the family to sing with him goes like this. We're marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. The reason for our pilgrimage, the reason for our lives is to bless the Lord. The reason for your life in this world is to bless the Lord. The Westminster Shorter Catechism asks the question, what is the chief end of man? In other words, like, why are we here? Why do we exist? What is our purpose? And the answer is, man's chief end? Our purpose in this world, our reason for existence is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. The problem is, we don't live as if that were our chief end, do we? Our chief end is to bless the Lord. And yet we run after the blessings that we can grasp for ourselves. We don't live for the glory and enjoyment of God. We don't live to bless the Lord. And because we don't live to bless the Lord, the Lord came so that he might bless us. Jesus came into the world. And so here's the advantage and blessing that we have over the ones who sang these psalms on their pilgrimages. They were making a journey to the place of God's presence with his people. Jesus came into the world as a human being who was fully God, and he is our Emmanuel. What does it mean? God with us. Where do you have to go to be in the presence of the Lord? You don't have to go anywhere. Jesus has come, and he is God with us. Jesus is our priest who gives us full access to the Father. All these people who made all these pilgrimages to Jerusalem three times a year, year after year, were counting on mediators to stand between them and God, to, to speak to God on their behalf. But the Lord Jesus Christ is our great high priest, and he has made us kings and priests to our God as well in him. And so we now have full and complete access to our Father at any time that we might cry out to his name. Jesus is our sacrifice to satisfy divine justice. The wrath of God and his condemnation stood against us rightly, justly, and legally. And the Lord removed them by putting them on Jesus Christ at the cross so that we would never be condemned. Jesus is the temple. He said... Tear down this temple, speaking of his body, and I will rebuild it in three days because he is the resurrected Lord of his people. Now we are the dwelling place of God. I want to read from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. As you come to him, 
a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves are like living stones, like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. We are the dwelling place of God with the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We are his royal priesthood. Same chapter, verse 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possessions. Why? Why did Christ come to make us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What is the reason for all of this? Our creation and our redemption and our eternal future with the Lord. It is for us to bless the Lord. As a result, we are blessed. Because of the work of Jesus on our behalf and the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, we are able to live all of life to bless the Lord, to make him our reason. And if we do, then these psalms of ascent uh, assure us that the result of living to bless the Lord is that we are blessed. And they give us a perfect playlist for the pilgrimage. So I hope you will come back over and over again to these psalms to hear the truths that they proclaim, the blessings that they offer to the people of God in and through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we call on the Lord in our distress, he answers us. When we lift our eyes to the hills and ask, where does our help come from? We know that our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. That gladness comes from being in the Lord's presence. That the, the Lord is merciful and he is on our side and he will not let us be moved. That the Lord has done great things for us. And anything that we attempt to do apart from him is in vain. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways and trust in his righteousness and wait on him and hope in him. And lastly, and, and the people were reminded every time they gathered to make this journey and every time they, they gathered in Jerusalem that we are not alone in this pilgrimage because the Lord has given to us a family. Brothers and sisters with whom we can dwell in unity now imperfectly and forever perfectly. Our reason is to bless the Lord. The result is that we are blessed. Regarding verse 3, someone said, When I contemplate the Lord as the creator of the universe, there is abundant proof that he can bless me. When I contemplate him as dwelling in the church as her redeemer, there is abundant proof that he will bless me. Our reason in worship and in all of life is to bless the Lord. And the result, by his grace, is that we are blessed. Soon shall close thy earthly mission. Soon shall pass thy pilgrim days. Hope will change to glad fruition. Faith to sight. From prayer to praise. 
bless the Lord, all you his servants, as you serve with one accord. Bless the Lord in your night watches, in the dwelling of the Lord. Lift your hands within his temple, bless the Lord and raise them high. May the Lord bless you from Zion, He who made both earth and sky. Bless the Lord, all you His servants, as you serve with one accord bless the lord in your night watches in the dwelling of the lord lift your hands within his temple bless the lord and raise them high may the lord bless you from zion he who made We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Lunch Break Hymn Sing. We look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, enjoy.